eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good afternoon, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts What We Learned Live following Ohio State's 35 to 7 win over visiting Youngstown State. You know, kind of a meh game, but somewhat what I expected. I expected Ohio State would win this game, you know, a little bit more like if they won this 49 to 7, we'd all be feeling better. Like it's like 35 to 7. It's kind of like, eh, you know, but I, they could have won this game 49 to 7 if they wanted to, but welcome in. Um, I am Dave Biddle. I uh, appreciate you guys uh, joining me. I'm going to hear from, we got a, a star cast of characters that are come on the show today. Jonah Booker is going to join me in a few minutes. After that, Bill Curlick is going to join me to get the latest on recruiting. And then we're going to hear from Patrick Murphy and maybe Steve Hellwagon. Definitely Pat and maybe Steve from Ohio Stadium. But uh, Buckeyes 35 to 7. You know, I'm not breaking news here, but I think there's no doubt that we learned that we know who QB one is not that like, you know, Kyle McCord like set the world on fire and Devin Brown played bad, but I mean, you know, now, I mean, there's a reason Ryan day picked Kyle McCord. Um, you know, I had heard that at one point, Devin Brown, as you guys know, I, I had heard at one point that he was ahead as late as maybe two weeks before the season after their final scrimmage. Um, but then Kyle, you know, did what he needed to do those last couple of weeks, got the nod for the opener and uh, played well today, you know, against a Youngstown State defense. It's an FCS defense, but Kyle did a good job stepping up in the pocket, going through his reads. Um, was he perfect? No. Is Devin more mobile? Yes. Did I like some things I saw from Devin? Yes, but I thought Kyle played better, and I think we know who QB1 is now. I'm curious if you guys agree with that. Do we know who QB1 is now? Feels like we did. Feels like we did. Now, Terry on Facebook is saying, no, Brown looked the best. 
Let's get some. How we doing? Let's get some going. How, like, is Terry on Facebook right? YouTube, what do you guys think? Get, get some more. Uh, let's, let's get it going. So who looked the best today of the quarterbacks before we hear uh, from Jonah Booker? So we've got Tyler on YouTube saying that uh, Devin did not play well. We'll see. I mean, it's Youngstown State. You don't. You really don't know. You really don't know. But I do think, you know, QB one was established. Just my opinion. Um, again, not like it's etched in stone for the rest of the season. Just mean like for now. I, I will be surprised if Kyle McCord is not just the guy when they play Notre Dame in a couple weeks. You know, things can change though. He could get banged up next week against Western Kentucky. He could not play well against Western Kentucky. Devin Brown could show out if something happens against Western Kentucky. Everything's fluid, but right, right now I would bet heavily that, that Kyle McCord's QB1. Not Kyle McCord's going to start the next game. Kyle McCord's QB1. Those are two different things. If this is our guy or he's going to start the next game. Like, those are two different things. I think now they're going to go with he's our guy. But we're still going to count on Devin Brown. I still believe they're going to need both of them. Whether Kyle gets banged up or whatever happens, I think they're going to need both of them. But, um, yeah, I'm just curious what you guys think. Like, are, are we um, are we feeling like McCord is the guy now? <laughs> I'm not going to repeat your name there, Bart Simpson, but I, I see you working. Uh, we have uh, somebody on YouTube saying, I now understand why McCord has been starting. Yeah, I see you working. Yeah, and Jason on YouTube saying Devin Brown played well, just missed a couple easy throws. I agree. I am not down on Devin Brown at all. And and P.S., it's hard when you're the backup quarterback coming in there, getting limited reps, and you know you better show out everything you do. Previous game, you got three meaningful reps. All that is against Devin Brown. So I'm not calling the competition off yet. This competition is still very much on, but I Kyle McCord right now is QB1. I think just get behind him. Just get behind him. Got Eric Montoya. Kyle is the guy on YouTube. Eric Montoya, Kyle is the guy. Right, for for right now, yes, I agree. He looks like the guy. And you can see the arm talent with Kyle. You can see the arm talent with him. It's not like it's like, well, again, though, it's not like both guys, it's like both guys played mediocre, but like Kyle was less mediocre. I know it's Youngstown State. I thought Kyle looked good. You know, there were times where it's like, I love it. Going through his progression, stepping up in the pocket, looking like what you want your Ohio State quarterback to look like. With all the caveats that it's just Youngstown State, I get it. But, you know, the look test is important. And Indiana's defense might be better than we thought. Yeah, it was just Indiana State they played yesterday, but they shut out Indiana State. Indiana has a couple of future NFL guys on that defense. They're not littered with NFL guys. They've got a couple, <laughs> is what I said. So maybe Indiana's a little better than we thought. Maybe I'm in the mood to be, do some spin doctoring. You guys decide. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, and I thought uh, Sonny Styles played well. How about Malik Hartford getting his first start as a true freshman? Proctor banged up. That's still notable, though. Malik Hartford, a true freshman, getting in the start of safety. That was really cool. Um Josh Simmons needs to cut down the penalties. This offensive line's not getting pushed around, that's for sure. And Josh Fryer is playing his butt off. Donovan Jackson had a much better game. Uh, again, all the caveats, just Youngstown State. I get it. 
Anyway, I mean, we're just in the early stages of the show. We're going to talk Ohio State football for a while. We're going to hear from Jonah Booker, the dean of Ohio State football recruiting, Bill Curlick. We're going to hear from Patrick Murphy. And maybe we're going to hear from Steve Hellwagon. He wasn't sure because he's pretending like he's really busy after the game. He is really busy. Steve's trying to write and process photos. Maybe he'll jump on here. I'm giving him a hard time. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I got my guy, uh, Mark Neal, asking me right now, what's going on with Dallin Hayden? You know, I, I don't think he's hurt. I think it's just there's only so many balls to go around, and they've got their top three guys. Um, and I'm glad Mark brought that up. That's another thing we learned is, is they they know who their top three running backs are. I don't think they know in what order, but I did like what I saw out of Travion Henderson today. I thought he ran with authority. He even had one called back early, if you guys remember. He ended up getting the touchdown anyway. He got two touchdowns. And I'm getting the touchdown anyway, but there was one called back where I was like, that's exactly what I want to see from Trey. North, south, making the guy miss, breaking a like kind of breaking a tackle. I don't know if you call it breaking a tackle, but north, south. None of this, I'm not going horizontal if I can go, you know, vertical. And it's just like right there. And um, I thought Travion looked good. Mayan's always Mayan. Mayan is always Mayan. It's like, oh, he might get stopped at the five touchdown. Is mine a guy that you want as your bell cow? Probably not if you're going to win the national championship. Is mine a guy you want on your team? Absolutely. Chip, I thought Chip would get more carries, but they know what we learned is they know who their top three running backs are. Maybe not in uh, in whatever order. And uh looks like Nebraska gets on the board. There we go. Colorado up 13-0, and then Nebraska gets on the board. Okay, I'm watching, I'm watching highlights. Oh, wow, Colorado destroying them 36-7. to my goodness gracious. I, I got to admit, and I, I love Deion Sanders. I, I got to admit, I was completely wrong about this year. Their over-under for Colorado is three and a half wins. Three and a half wins. And I, I was thinking if I had – I didn't bet. If I had a bet, I would take the under because 69 new players. Anyway, I digress. We learned Colorado is actually pretty damn good. Not like national championship contenders, but they already have two wins. Both games, they were underdogs. Actually, they were favored today, but – they were a 21-point underdog against TCU and beat them. All right, let's get after it. Yeah, Nebraska is awful. Nebraska is awful. Some things never change. Since the 90s, like, Nebraska has just fallen off a cliff. They have fallen off a cliff. People are giving me the insights here, like Jason saying Nebraska fumbled four times. Yeah, I, I've not seen any of that game. Obviously, I was watching Ohio State's game. So you guys, so what what's what do you guys think about the quarterback situation? Talk to me here. I know there's a lot of comments. If I haven't if I haven't like got to it, C Brown says he feel like he feels like McCord has distinguished himself as QB one on YouTube, and you have Mike Green on YouTube saying Devin moved the team. Yeah, I mean I, I get a good feel out of this, right? Don't you feel like we could like win with both these guys? You know, I think Kyle's the guy, but you get the feeling which is what Coach Day has been saying, that they can win with either of these guys. Not win against Youngstown State, but win big. And they got to get better. They got to get better. They're not ready to win big yet. But, you know, I, I see more than flashes out of what I like about these guys. You know, I'm not seeing – I need to see more consistency. But you see, it's more than just flashes. It's more – it's like, you know, especially with McCord today. You saw him getting a rhythm, and you can see that arm talent with McCord. And – you know, Brown's got a good arm, a little more erratic. Um, not that McCord, 
McCord's ball placement wasn't always on point today. It was better than last week, but um, that first touchdown to Marvin, he put it like that was perfect. Read it great, stepped up in the pocket. That's exactly what you want. You know, did the corner like make a bad play? Yes, that's going to happen. It's like in baseball. Yeah, even a great pitcher is going to hang a slider sometimes. You better take advantage of it. At corner, um, I don't know what he was doing, but like you still can't miss. And not only did McCord not miss, he hit Marvin in stride, and Marvin was able to take it the distance. Good to see Marvin getting uh, off and going. That was really cool. Um, good to see a Mecca get going. So um, we'll see. I'm, I'm really curious what Coach Day is going to say at um, the press conference on Tuesday. Well, let's forget, it's not Monday. That's when Urban did it. I think people have been confused. Like the press conference Monday is every Monday and couple weeks ago people were like oh he postponed it to tuesday no coach day since he's taken over the program the the main press conference has been on tuesday so a little sidebar but like uh, i'm really curious what coach day is going to say on tuesday about the quarterback situation i'm also curious what jonah booker is going to say about the quarterback situation we welcome in jonah booker jb how you feeling after this game I'm feeling good, Dave. Um, I thought that they left uh, a lot on the field. When I'm watching this team, Dave, I look at it as this is a team that's going to continue to get better. They're not elite right now. Um, I do think that they have such a high ceiling that it's going to take them a little bit longer than what we really thought for them to get to that championship type of level right now. I saw some things that uh, really made me excited, especially the defensive back play, uh, the quarterback play day. I thought that Kyle McCord showed real, really good command of the offense. You got to see Devin Brown out there to mix it up. Uh, but right now, this is a team that's still building. You still got another game to Notre Dame. And if you swing over to that Notre Dame game after this show, they don't look too hot themselves right now. Uh, so right now, I just think that this is going to be a team that continues to take one step forward, one step forward, one step forward, and keep building, 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 building. So the name of the show is What We Learned Live. I feel like we learned that McCord is QB1, which is different than he's going to start the next game. I feel like he's now QB1. That doesn't mean it's etched in stone, as I said earlier. I don't know if you like saw the first part of the show. I'm not saying like, McCord's the guy no matter what, but it does feel like it's a little different now that like, I feel like going into the Notre Dame game, it's not going to be like, we're going to play both guys unless something changes. Like he gets hurt next week or he doesn't play well. And Devin just shows out. And I thought Devin played well today. It's not nothing against Devin had some bad throws, but overall I'm not discouraged with Devin. Have you learned Jonah that Kyle McCord is QB one? Are you not there yet? I'm I'm there. I'm there. He's quarterback one. You look at that first half, he was absolutely stellar in that first half. The offense only had three possessions in the second half. Now, you can attribute that to the defense consistently being put in short yardage situation. Needs to do a better job getting off the field. But, yeah, I'm definitely there with Kyle McCord being quarterback one. I think it's now time, Dave, to really start um, honing in on Kyle taking that next step. He, he shows like he has better command of the offense. You can see the more reps that he get, the better he's starting to get. That rapport with Marvin Harrison Jr. is really starting to uh, stand out right now. So I'm I'm there with you with Kyle Bennett guy. You can't ask for a better game from him. Yeah, you can always go back and nitpick something here and there, but I thought that he 
made the most of his opportunity. I wish we would have saw the offense get more more reps in the second half. I mean, three possessions, my goodness. I mean, in that first half, I think uh, Youngstown State had the ball until like the six-minute mark in the third quarter and before the offense actually went out there. So, yeah, it's Kyle's team. Uh, I do think that you can find a couple situations to throw Devin in there, but the offense, as far as how smooth it looks, how they're transitioning um, up and down the field, the rapport with um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is starting to, to be there. So just get him as many reps as possible. We have some people like saying, is it Friday? Like Jay books up. <laughs> yes. Jay book is helping me out here on my post game podcast, being the good dude that he is helping me out, dropping in here for about 10 minutes. We're going to hear from Bill Curlick on recruiting in a little bit, but yeah, it's not Friday. It's Saturday. And Jay book is coming strong as usual. All right. Defensively. Um, man, I, as I posted on Twitter, Jay book when Mike Hall gets angry, I get happy. Like if he <laughs> plays angry, I'm like, yes, let's go. I, I love it. Right. I love it. Defensive tackles, Dave. I think this is a very special group on the interior. Uh, besides Tyleek having one uh, penalty there, I thought that he played extremely well. Mike Hall, as you mentioned, Hamilton looked good. You got some see some uh, Tywan Malone in there. Jaden McKenzie got in there. So I think the defensive tackles, they are a strength. Dave, I'm, I'm just not seeing it from the defensive ends right now. They're not getting home. I don't know what the issue is. We're, we're still waiting for Jack Sawyer. Like If we're being honest about Jack Sawyer, Dave, he's a jag. He's just a guy right now until we're shown otherwise. So we can only go off what we're seeing from him and his production on the field. We're not getting anything from him right now. JT, you were, you were hoping that JT was a little bit more dominant right now, but we're just not getting home at the defensive end spot. So that right there is the only knock that I can uh, talk about the defense. But that defensive line, I mean, if they can really turn it up with this defensive ends, they have, they have the potential to be – uh, really good this year. I thought the linebackers were solid. We got to see Cody Simon and C.J. Hicks in there. I love the way the defensive backs are playing right now. I mean, Denzel Burke is playing absolutely outstanding football. I couldn't be more happier for that kid. Just the technique is night and day, Dave, compared to last year. Um, and so I think the DBs, they're, they're having a heck of a uh, start to the season. But we definitely need to get more production from the defensive ends. Couple questions I want to get to you. We have somebody, Buckeyes fan up north on YouTube. J Book, what do you think about Josh Simmons's play? Needs to get better. Needs to get better. That hands to the face that nullified a touchdown. If they didn't get that late hit on Devin Brown out of bounds to extend the drive, that were that would have been a killer. But he definitely needs to clean it up. Um, I gave him the benefit of doubt last week, said that was his first start at the left tackle position. He's only going to get better. Here's the thing about Simmons, though, Dave. He doesn't get bullied in there. Like, you don't it, – it's not a physicality issue with him. You don't see him getting blown up off the football or anything like that. He just needs to get – he just needs to focus, eliminate the penalties, and make sure that the communication with him and Donovan Jackson – continue to progress because that right there is going to be a work in progress. But as far as Simmons, I mean, he, they look at him as, as the best tackle option that they got. So they have no choice, but to ride with him. Um, you just hope that the communication between him and Jackson continue to get better. 
I do like what I'm seeing out of Josh Fryer, the only one to grade a champion last week. And a little thing that I saw, it's not little in my opinion. There was a time they were getting on like McCord, like McCord got hit and they were kind of like laying on or something. Josh Fryer was one over and just pushed that guy away. Like get the freak off my quarterback. Like I love that. And Josh Fryer is one of these guys like, oh, he's 6'6", 320. How long are his arms? <laughs> his arms are freaking long. I mean, he's yeah. got like a 6'9 wingspan. I love this guy. This dude was coming on as a redshirt freshman a couple years ago. He had that torn ACL warming up against Michigan. And last year was that sixth man. I started a game against Indiana. I thought he played well when Dewan Jones got banged up. I'm liking Josh Fryer. Um what about the rest of the offensive line? Donovan Jackson played better. Matt Jones, Hensman. What do you think of the O line today overall? They're solid. I mean, on that, on, especially on the right side, um, I do think they have to get better in uh, run blocking, Dave. Especially the short yardage. Whenever the quarterbacks were able to sit back there and get their feet set, you you look at the offense line. They were absolutely building a wall in front of the quarterback. So I do think that they are much better at the pass blocking. Um, definitely got to get better at the run blocking. That's something that I thought that they were going to be a little bit further ahead at as far as the run the run blocking day because we, we talked about it all offseason. Like that was a big emphasis from them is just being able to move people off the football, uh, having more of a power run game. And I, and I have to say this, Dave, before we get out, out of here, the stretch run to the boundary – can we throw that out the playbook? Yeah, just, 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 <laughs> just, throw, just throw the stretch just, runs to the boundary. Like it does the running back no justice. It doesn't do the offensive line any justice right there. Like you're essentially throwing, having a wasted play when you're running stretch to the boundary right there because it usually results either a loss or a one yard gain. Um, so that's something that I would definitely get rid of. But they'll they'll be all right, Dave. I mean, you got one more game before Notre Dame. And here's the thing: if you watch this Notre Dame game. I know a lot of people are gassing them up. They're an okay football team. You watch Notre Dame, they're not a championship contender type of football team. Keep pumping them up. Keep pumping them up. But you know what? Hey, gas them up. Just gas them up because, you know, you go in there to South Bend. If you can go in there and rock them boys and, and, and take a win on the road with a top 10 matchup, it's only going to, you know, make that resume look a little bit better. But I'm going to say this, Notre Dame is not as good as what a lot of people are hyping them up to be. I just think Ohio State right now has to focus on what they're doing because here's the thing, Dave, they're so talented, so talented, one of the top three teams talent-wise. They have to put it together. They're not putting it together right now. I think they have 65 yards and penalties um, that nullify some, some scores. If they can put it together, they're going to be right there. I just think that we all underestimated how big of a project this is going to be to get all of the pieces of the puzzle put together. And I think it's taken a little bit longer than what we anticipated. Let's get you out of here on this a DB question. We've got people in the chat being like, man, Jonah Booker really knows football. Well, yeah, yeah. You think I'm having him on here like just for like <laughs> – Leaps and giggles. Of course, Jay Book is the man, um, former DB at Ohio University. For those who don't know, so we're going to get him out of here on a DB. Not really a question, but a statement. Mike on YouTube. Loyal listener Mike Schaefer on YouTube. Denzel Burke looking back for the ball resulted in an interception. Cornerback interception. Woo! I used, Woo! To, pray for, I used to pray for times like this, Dave. Man, it was, it was absolutely perfect coverage by Denzel Burke. He's he's right there on the hip pocket. 
He's leaning on the wide receiver. He's boxing them out. He gets the head around, uh, and he goes up and plays the football at the highest point. When I saw that, I was up on my feet, pumping it up. Like, there you go, Denzel. I love the way he's playing right now. Like, he's playing some great football, and it's great to see. And I was um, saying this in our group message that, that technique from Denzel Burke from last year to this year, it is absolutely night and day. You remember I I, I called it the flying squirrel last year. <laughs> like His technique was so bad last year. And you see it now, and he is just playing like he wants to be an absolute first-round corner. Jordan Hancock is playing great. The technique overall from the corners, it has been it's been stellar. It's been stellar. I have no complaints about um, I have no complaints about the DBs and how they're playing right now. I just think that once the defensive line can really get going, get more pressure, help those guys out on the back end, they're going to be lights out because the DBs are playing outstanding. Jonah Booker, thank you very much, sir. Um, your fans are going to be disappointed that they have to listen to me um, now and not you. But um, thank you very much. I appreciate you joining What We Learned Live. He is Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, my friend. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Jay Book. Yeah, he's the man. He's the man. I love that guy. I love that guy. We have Mike on Facebook saying the new clock rule sucks. Yes. Yes, I didn't need less college football. And it's not like the games are shorter. There's just more commercials. People have been like, well, wait a minute. It's ironic you're saying that. You guys on the Bucknuts Morning 5 now have more commercials. Yeah, but we've extended the show like by 15 minutes a day. And we have like two minutes extra of ads. Like that's not what we're seeing in college football. We're seeing less plays, less possessions, same amount of time for the game because more commercials. I hate it. You know what I love, though? Do you guys know what I love? The dean of Ohio State football recruiting, Bill Curlick, and the great work that he does. Dean, good to see you. Thank you for joining What We Learned Live. Good afternoon, Dave. All is well for the Buckeyes overall, I guess, with the, with the win. Most of the people in the comments are just completely ready to jump off uh, Lane Avenue Bridge. I'm kidding. Most of everybody, we have loyal listeners here. Most people are like, yeah, it's Youngstown State. It's all good. Like, we're good. Um, before we get to recruiting, which is going to be the crux of uh, the 10 minutes we have you on, your thoughts on this Ohio State team two weeks into the season? You're a former coach yourself. What do you see out of this team? Are you optimistic, pessimistic, somewhere in between? Where are you at, Bill? Well, I'm an optimist by nature, so I am optimistic, generally speaking, but as I'm sure you feel, there's got to be some improvement. There's uh, things to work on. But, you know, looking at the first game to the second game, uh, Woody Hayes used to always say the most improvement you make in a season is from game one to two. And I, I really think Kyle McCord improved. I don't think there's any question. He looked much more comfortable throwing the ball. I think he threw for 260 yards approximately and three touchdowns, two of which were to – Marvin Harrison. So that is certainly a good thing. So I, I think that uh, if you were in doubt about him being the number one guy after one game, I think it's kind of hard to deny that he's not the number one quarterback now. So I liked his improvement, but I also liked that Devin Brown um, got in there and did some nice things. You know, he, he still has work to do, obviously, as does uh, Kyle McCord, but I liked 
than a second quarterback. You know, I don't like a two quarterback system, but I think it's important to have a second guy that's able to step in if the first guy gets hurt. So uh, that is a good thing. Um, I really loved the ball getting to Marvin Harrison and Emeka Abuka again. You know, last year they were the guys and they didn't look like it the first game, but they look like it today. So I think that was a very good thing. On the negative side, I think, uh, well, I know Ryan Day mentioned this after the game. Uh, the offensive line's got to get better. When it's third and one or two yards or fourth and one or two, they've got to be able to get that, especially against the Youngstown State. Uh, so there's got to be improvement there. Uh, the defense, I think, looked pretty solid overall. Got uh, got into the turnover column this week. So I would have liked to have seen them kind of put the hammer down uh, and make it about 50 to seven, especially since my game prediction was 45 to 10, not too far off, but uh, yeah, I think there's some positives and some things, a lot of things still to work on. I was feeling really good about my 49 to seven prediction Ooh. until I wasn't, <laughs> man, I was like, I'm going to hit this right on the nose. <laughs> no, no. No, I won't. Okay, recruiting. Let's get to the crux of the matter. The reason we have the dean, the best in the business on this show. What's the first and foremost thing Buckeyes need to know, Buckeye fans need to know about uh, recruiting? What happened today? Well, I think the – well, I I don't think. I know the biggest thing was Jeremiah Smith being in the stadium. He, of course, is the five-star wide receiver uh, from Florida, the country's number two overall prospect. Um back in the house. And that's key. You know, he's taking a lot of visits, Florida state most recently and Florida state is a threat there. You know, they're, they're going to do everything they can to flip this kid and Ohio state's got to do everything they can to keep him and they will do everything they can, but him being back in the house, he and some South Florida express guys uh, came up to Ohio state this weekend. And uh, anytime you get, Jeremiah Smith on campus, that is a good thing. And then uh, one of the other South Florida Express guys in that group that came up, interesting guy, uh, Nicholas Rodriguez. And, you know, a lot of people out there may not be familiar with that name, but maybe they should be because he made an official visit to Ohio State in June, June 2nd, actually. Same weekend um, that uh, Jordan Lyle, the Ohio State commitment, and his teammate made his official visit. Um, the, the Buckeyes did not necessarily press for his services, a commitment at that point, And he ended up committing to Missouri. Now I think, uh, Nicholas Rodriguez is certainly back in focus. They want to add another linebacker to that class. So that's a guy that to keep in mind, again, he and Jeremiah Smith were both on campus or both at Ohio state right now, as we speak still. And those two guys being here just, I don't know. I can't say 100% for sure that he's going to flip from Missouri to Ohio State. But as someone said to me, it's Ohio State. So we'll see. Love it. All right. I want to get to a question before I ask you more of my own questions. Let's hear from the people, Bill. All right. Bill, are we going to get Brandon Baker? Asked Bobby McCormick, the fourth on Facebook, he says, I think that would be the biggest get of the recruiting class. Bill, is it is it a Texas-Ohio State battle? Do the Longhorns lead? We're, we're there with Brandon Baker, who's going to make his decision two weeks from tomorrow. Yep, September 24th, he announces his decision. Um, 
and he's announcing at 6 p.m. his time, which of course would be 9 p.m. Columbus, Ohio time. My immediate thinking when I saw that time was that's not necessarily great for Ohio State because do you want to announce you're going to Ohio State at nine o'clock at night? Now, that was my immediate reaction, just kind of a off the top of my head type thing. That doesn't mean I think Brandon Baker is not going to be a Buckeye. I think it's it's going to come down to, in all likelihood, Ohio State or Texas. If you ask me right now, if I really had to make a prediction right this minute, and we're still, as you mentioned, Dave, two weeks out, I'd probably go with Texas as, as having a slight edge at this point. Um, but I know Justin Fry, Ryan Day, and the staff are going to continue to work on him all the way to his announcement. And if by chance he does pick Texas uh, or some other school, Oregon or Nebraska, I don't think he will, but if he does, um, I think Ohio State will continue to recruit him as long as they think they have even a hope of a chance. But again, I'm not saying he is not going to end up at Ohio State. I think that is still possible, but I think Texas has a little edge right now. What else do we need to know about recruiting? What's first and foremost on your mind other than what we've already talked about, Bill? Well, uh, I haven't had a chance yet. We're, we're on here live right after the game, so I haven't had a chance to reach out um, to all the guys that were supposed to be here today. Uh, uh, you know, as I said, I know for a fact that Jeremiah is here. I know for a fact Nicholas Rodriguez was here and a few others. But there's a few big names that uh, were supposed to be here today, and I'll be confirming them hopefully within an hour or so and see how everything went and being touching base with them and all. But uh, uh, a couple of them, and again, I think as far as I know, they made it, uh, Jabari Brady. He is the country's number two class of 2026 wide receiver. He is from uh, Pompano Beach, Monarch High School in Florida, South Florida Express guy. And he is big time for Ohio State. Ohio State's got a commitment from Chris Henry. If uh, if you put Jamari Brady with Chris Henry, well, I mean, that's that's as good as it gets when you when talk about two wide receivers in the same class. Um, also, as I had the news yesterday, I don't think um, – I think – Actually, this was the breaking news of the day yesterday when I posted this. But Dallas Wilson, uh, he's a South Florida Express guy as well. He is an elite wide receiver from the 2025 class. He is an Oregon commitment. But he told me yesterday, he uh, unless his chance would plans would change at the very last minute, he was going to be at Ohio State today. So, again, I'll be reaching out to him very shortly and seeing that. But I think, you know, those two guys are big-time guys. Dorian Brew from Clayton Northmont, uh, arguably the number one class of 2025 guy in Ohio is another one certainly that I'll, I'll be checking with. So, uh, and Marquise Davis, I watched him rush last Friday night for 337 yards. He had over 200 yards in the first half. He's the real deal. He is tremendously fast, but he is also six foot one, 190 pounds, getting stronger and stronger, and he can run inside. So, this could be the bow, the the, the uh, cowbell, so to speak, bell cow or whatever you want to call that, uh, of Ohio State's running game for the next few years if Ohio State could land Marquise Davis out of Cleveland Heights, by the way. Question from RR on YouTube. Bill, any news on 
Pickett Jr., obviously the nephew of former Ohio State D tackle Ryan Pickett. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I love uh, Ryan Pickett and the story I quickly always tell. Jim Haycock was the defensive coordinator, and he's the one that got the commitment from Ryan Pickett. Ryan was one of the best defensive linemen in the country, not rated as the best, but Jim Haycock told me, we just signed the best defensive lineman in the country in Ryan Pickett. If you look back at every kid in that class, Jim Haycock was exactly right. Ryan Pickett t- turned out to be the best defensive lineman in the country that Wasn't year. Was he a five-star or high, was he a high four-star? I can't remember. Uh, he was either a high four-star or a low five-star, but he was yeah. not the number one rated defensive lineman in the country that year. Right. He yeah. turned out to be, though. Right. But right. Uh, his nephew, as you mentioned, or as the uh, person mentioned, um, is Booker Pickett Jr. And I just talked to Booker actually the other day. He is still planning to make an official visit to Ohio State. He doesn't know when yet. He said that it will almost for sure, the dates that Ohio State's talked about that he is talking about will be the Penn State game, and that's going to be the biggest recruiting weekend of the season for Ohio State, or the Michigan State game. So that's his plan as of right now, that he wants to make an official visit to Ohio State for one of those two games. I'll get you out of here on this. I lied to you. I told you it'd be 10 minutes. It's a little longer than that. Buckeye 80, last question for Bill. What about Bo Jackson? Anything on him? Yeah, he's uh, he's another tremendous running back. Ohio is blessed in the 2025 class. They've got two of the country's elite corners in Dorian Brew, who is an Ohio State legacy, and Trey McNutt, who is an Ohio State legacy. And Ohio is also blessed that they have two of the country's top running backs in Marquise Davis in the 2025 class and Bo Jackson. Um Bo likes Ohio State a lot. I'll actually be seeing him play in person in just a few weeks. He plays at Columbus Bishop Hartley, uh, and I'm looking forward to that. But Bo likes Ohio State a lot. He was not at Ohio State today. His plan has been to get to Ohio State next weekend for the Western Kentucky game. And, and uh, again, he, really, he, he likes Ohio State a lot, no question. Bill, great stuff as always. I really appreciate you joining me. He is the dean of Ohio State football recruiting. He is Bill Curlick, and he's just going to be working until he falls asleep, I'm sure. <laughs> Check out his work on Bucknuts. Bill, thank you very much for your time, sir. Appreciate it, Dave. And uh, you have a great rest of your uh, time here online tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. He is the man. He is as hardworking as anybody I've ever been around. He's a great guy. He is Bill Curlick, the dean of Ohio State football recruiting. Uh, we're going to hear from Patrick Murphy from Ohio Stadium uh, shortly, whenever uh, I have no idea when uh, post-game interview, interviews are going to end. I imagine the next 10 minutes. We'll see if Patrick has checked in here. Um, so let's get into it. Fire away with some questions. If you've posted a question, I haven't got to it. Please repost it because there's um, we have a lot of people, thankfully. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. We have a lot of people in the live chats. So if you have a question that I haven't got to, Please repost it, and I will, of course, get to it. Five. Well, we need we need uh, we need a Buckeye game for that for five days a week. No, I know what you're saying. Why? Oh my gosh! Is this is this a am I, am I posting a Russian bot here? The Pat effect on YouTube saying why would any recruit want to play for Ryan Ryan Day? Boring, stale, and predictable offense. Yeah, I know. I mean. Think about the lack of like uh, first round picks they've had in on offense since Ryan Day's been there. Other than Dwayne Haskins, other than Justin Fields, other than C.J. Stroud, other than Garrett Wilson, 
other than Chris Olave and other than Jackson Smith and Jig, but I know I'm leaving some out. Um, J.K. Dobbins, second round pick. But yeah, that was a good attempt at trolling. Don't quit. Don't quit your day job. Don't quit your day job because that was actually as bad as as you could pro- possibly come. Brandon on YouTube, Dave. Does anyone think Brown is more athletic than McCord? They appear the exact same speed wise. Brown's more athletic. I mean, Brown can do like a a three sixty dunk, for example. Not your. I know you're, that doesn't matter as far as like throwing the football or playing quarterback. I'm just saying, if you're asking a question, it, they're not markedly different, but ask anybody over there. Brown is more athletic. To what degree? I don't know, but Devin Brown is more athletic than Kyle McCord. I think so too. Bilal on YouTube. Uh, Arvell Reese looked like a concussion. I, I think so. I, you know, first of all, you never want to say hopefully. You never want to say hopefully, but... Um, Randy has a question. I think probably people wonder this. Randy's like, Dave, why are you not at the game? Well, two things. I have to do this live podcast right after the game. And if I'm at Ohio Stadium, it's hard to find a good spot to do it. Second of all, I see the game markedly better on TV. So I'm going to come on here and talk. If I'm covering the game in person, I always like to rewatch it before I do anything as far as like analysis. But I see the game so well on TV and I can rewind stuff. Um, And I still will go to some games. I'll go to, you know. For example, the Michigan game when Ohio State wins that one, I will go to the Big Ten championship game. I'll go to the playoff semifinals, and I'll be there in person when they win the national championship. But I did not go there for the Youngstown State game today. I don't know how you guys feel. I just feel like I see football exponentially better on TV than I do in person. Now, there's some things that you cannot get on TV that you can get in person. Seeing passing plays develop is, is first and foremost. You can't get that on TV. But I see the game – much better on TV than I do in, uh, you know, if I'm watching in person, particularly from the Ohio State press box, which you feel like you're watching it um, from the moon. I do have a press pass. I could go if I wanted to, but um, given the post game, like, we want to do the podcast as soon as the game ends or as quick as possible. Cause I don't think many people are doing that. So we want to do that. We have Steve and Pat there holding the fort down, Dan Harker taking pictures. I don't really need to be there. Um, but I'll be there for a few games this year, Penn State, Maryland. Um, I'll be there at Ohio Stadium a few times. But there you go. To answer your question, I'm sure people have wondered that. Yeah, TE's not needed today, as Scott says on Facebook. But G. Scott with a, you know, that was that was nice. G. Scott with a, a, a clutch catch early. I thought that was good because Young South State's in there thinking like, oh, are we not just going to hang around? Do we actually have a chance here? And you had to put that to bed. You had to make sure they knew. There's no chance you have a winning this game. Can you like milk the clock and keep it close? Maybe, but take that away. And they were able to do that. And I thought G Scott's catch was one of the reasons they were able to kind of pull away there. Donnie Powell, my guy, Donnie Powell on Facebook. Do I still think Tranum is the best running back? I do, but I do think it's close. I think those top three are really close. And I, I like Mayan's role. They're not Mayan to me is not unless guys get banged up. They're not acting like Mayan's going to be the guy that's going to carry the ball 20 times a game. He's not in the running to be the bell cow. He has a role, short yardage back. He's going to break tackles. Could he carry the ball 20, 25 times a game if he needed to? Yes. Um, but I definitely think they want running back by committee this year. But I think they want to pare it down eventually to two, two main guys. And yeah, I think the two best guys are chip and mayan but trey is right there we saw trey looked really good today 
including that touchdown that was called back, taking it north-south, um, showing good vision. I like all three of those guys. And Dallin Hayden's healthy, as far as I know. The fact that like he's not even getting playing time shows you. Um, we know Dallin Hayden can get the job done, and he's bigger than he was last year. You know, he was about like 198 last year, and now he's 205, 208. Um, the fact that he's fourth on the depth chart tells me a lot, and I love it. Hopefully these guys can stay healthy. They're three. That's another thing I love about today's game that we learned. I mean, our hopefully Arvell Reese is okay. I mean, you never want a guy to get a concussion. You don't want to say, oh, it's at least it's not an ACL. It's just a concussion. It's never just a concussion. But at least it, it doesn't seem like a he's going to be out a long time. And um, but um, you know, overall, I thought these guys played really, really well. And um, you know, it was really good that they were able to overall escape relatively injury free but these running backs man i love it i love it and do i think chip's the best i'll stick with my guns and say yes but by like like maybe that much i i love the top three you could really just juggle them and they all they all have their own role too and i like the chips out there also can play fullback is bulked up he's listed at 230 they said he's probably he might be closer to 240 they were saying so yeah all right keep firing away we're gonna hear from patrick murphy I think my guy's checking in right now. Looks like Pat is going to be on shortly, he says. Keep firing away. Jaden Ballard. Where's Jaden Ballard been? Well, it, you know, to be frank, St. Louis coach Chris on YouTube. I mean, we did say all offseason it was going to be tough for him to crack that top four because you knew who the top three was. And then it looked like Carnell Tate was going to be four. And if you're not in that top four, you're really not going to play for Heartline. They can say they're going to play six, but they've never done that. So if you're not in that top four, and Xavier Johnson's that fourth, fifth guy, but he's kind of a Swiss Army knife. So fourth, I guess you could say fifth if you want to be technical. Um, right now, Ballard's that sixth guy, playing a lot on special teams, playing a lot late. But, like, there you go. Right now he's – you could argue it's not even anything that Jaden Ballard's doing wrong. He just has Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Buka, first-round picks. Um, ahead of him he's got uh, julian fleming ahead of him he's got carnell tate future stud ahead of him xavier johnson and then it's ballard so i'm glad they have Jaden ballard you know if, if anybody gets banged up or heaven forbid a couple guys get banged up you got Jaden ballard right there who can take the top off the defense but um to answer your question that's that's what's going on jeff on youtube dave do you think we need to start utilizing Three DBs instead of three safeties. I know what you mean. Three corners instead of three safeties. Yes, not against Youngstown State, but if they play it like like next week against Western Kentucky, who likes to air it out, yes, 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 yes. Give me a corner out there instead of Cam Martinez. Not to pick on Cam, but um, tough dude. I like Cam, but uh, yes. Especially when your top three corners are Denzel Burke, who looks great, Jordan Hancock, who looks good, and Davidson Igbenosin. Who I really like, even though I don't even know if he did anything that special. I have to rewatch the game. I just like the edge he plays with. He's long. I, I love these top three corners. Love it. So yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I want to see Sonny Styles out there, Lathan Ransom out there, and I like that Malik Harford got the start. I think that's really cool. But like, I think the top five DBs are in whatever order. We'll start with the safeties: Sonny Styles, Lathan Ransom, and then the corners: Denzel Burke, Jordan Hancock, David Igbenosin. Those are the top five DBs, and those are the guys I want to see out there when the chips are down. 
you know, if it's 50, 50, I want to see those guys out there. If it's a passing team, I definitely want to see those guys out there. If it's a predominantly running team. Okay. Maybe not, but like still, I'd still just like to see those guys out there. Unless you're saying one of those guys is not a good, like, you know, it's afraid to tackle or something, which I don't see at all from Igbenosin, which I don't see at all from Burke and which I don't see at all from Hancock. I don't see the problem. Keep all those guys out there. All those corners are bigger than Cam Martinez, who's a safety. Just saying. Kyle on Facebook. Dave, do you think McCord should be the guy and they goes with that? Or do you think they will finally make the call on the guy after the Western Kentucky game? It's tough. I won't be surprised if Coach Day doesn't announce it this week. But if I had to bet... I kind of feel like he's going to say Kyle is QB1 and however he words it. Maybe he'll parse his words, but I think it'll be when we meet with Coach Day on Tuesday. I'll be surprised if it's a, not a little more stronger than Kyle's going to start the game, but Devin's going to play a lot, which has been what he said the last two weeks. Kyle's going to start, but Devin's going to play a lot, which is a hell of a lot different, as we all know, than this is our quarterback. This guy might kind of play, though. So we'll see what happens. We're also going to see what happens when we bring in Patrick Murphy – from Ohio hey Stadium. Hello. Welcome to the show, Patrick. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you. Good. Good. Walking out of the tunnel there. Feels pretty good. Would be cool if I was running out with the team, but I was never that good at sports, so that's why I write about them. Yeah. Yeah. They should let you run out with the team, though. I mean, it's, it's come on. Well, yeah. I think I'm past my prime. I'm out of eligibility. I don't know. I don't know about that. All right. So, um, let's start with quarterbacks. Do you feel sure. like, you know, and I know – I. And correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't heard anything. So if there's anything from post-game press conferences that is breaking news, like get to that too. But do you feel like when we meet with Coach Day on Tuesday, he's going to be like a little bit more forceful that Kyle, it's more than just Kyle's going to start against Western Kentucky. Devin's going to play a lot. You think he might be a little bit more forceful? Maybe not go like, okay, this is our guy. But do you feel like Coach Day might kind of anoint him as QB1? Where do you come down on that? Well, first of all, I – I think he has. Like, I mean, you know, look how much he's played in comparison to Kyle in these first two games. And yeah, these are games yeah. where – or, yes, as opposed to – sorry. These are games where you would have probably played Devin more, right? I mean, these are kind of your tune-up games. I mean, I know next week still falls in that category a little bit, but I think Western Kentucky could, could come in here and give them a little bit of a game um, with the way they can play offense. But in terms of what Coach Day said, he didn't want to name a quarterback – as the full-time starter. He said a lot of good things about Kyle McCord, said he thought he was much more poised today. He said he thought Devin Brown was a little anxious at first. He said when he gets hit, he sends, tends to come down a little bit, which is interesting. I mean, I guess for a, a guy that is mobile, that's kind of something he's used to, is taking more hits than maybe your average quarterback. But uh, And then he was asked about kind of the urgency maybe of next week having one guy because of obviously what's coming in week four against Notre Dame. And he said, that's, that's a good question. Something we really have to consider. So I don't know if he would say it on Tuesday, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if we're sitting here after the game on, uh, you know, doing this next week. And it's pretty clear that, that Kyle is the guy or maybe he says it after that game or, or the following Tuesday. Um, you know, it's, it, it's something like, does it do you any good to say it before next week publicly? I think just with the with what you've done, it, it kind of shows that, right? So uh, maybe he says it this week. This is he's more like he's headed down that path of okay, we're getting closer to this Notre Dame game than I think he has. I guess is the way I'd put it. No, he did not name anybody, and you know seems to still want to kind of play this this situation out. 
What else stood out from uh, – by the way, I think you nailed it. I think McCord is the guy. I think I, I, he doesn't need to say it. It's just yeah. McCord is the guy to me. I mean, I think that is one thing we learned. Um, what else – before I get to other questions I want to ask you, what else stood out? Was there anything like an update on Arvell Reese's status? Anything that stood out, uh, multiple things that you want to share with the people about post-game interviews? Yeah, he didn't mention Arvell Reese. I, I heard that the Big Ten Network just kind of ruled him out for the game. I wasn't asked about that. He was asked about Josh Proctor, said it was just a, a short-term thing. I honestly think the Josh Proctor thing, like last week when he came out and talked to his game, he had ice bags on his knee, and, and when he was asked about it, he just said, you know, I'm old. Yeah, this is a six-year guy who's played quite a bit of football That's for good. a guy. And I think probably this is just managing him. Like, you know, you didn't need him today, right? So why, why put him out there if, if he's got nagging knee, obviously broke his leg. Like, I'm sure there's just stuff from that, right? Um, in terms of stuff that came out, the quarterback was obviously the big conversation. Uh, we kind of went through that already. I think that they were very clear that they wanted to get Marvin and Emeka involved early and often, um, and they did. And look, I think that was still an intent last week. It just didn't come off. I mean, eight targets for Marvin Harrison Jr. last week. He only caught two for various reasons. Um, had the pass interference, had another pass interference today. Should have had two pass interferences today. I'm not sure what was happening on that first one. Uh, but obviously a big first half for him and he was able to kind of close in the second half. Um, he did talk about – he was asked about the offensive line and just he said the play needs to get better. And he was asked if he wanted to elaborate, and he said not right now. So uh, he also then said that he thinks the talent is there, similar to what he said this past week, but it's about putting these guys in better situations and then they just have to play better, which I think is uh, – a fair assessment, um, you know, of this group. I still am, am a little skeptical of Josh Simmons. I look. I think that there were some better moments today, but there were also the penalties that we heard about last week. And there were also moments where I felt like he just he just didn't see the right thing or, or didn't make the right read. Now these are things you can, you can coach, but you've got to do it quick. And you know, you've got a guy in Luke Montgomery. I'm not saying Luke ready to be a starting left tackle for the Buckeyes as a true freshman. But could he, you know, if, if you're going to have a guy who's going to be learning on the job anyway, maybe getting a freshman in there, maybe put him at right tackle, maybe move Josh Fryer back over to left tackle, um, you know, and, and you have a freshman that's that's learning on the job instead of a more veteran guy. I don't know. I'm just spitballing there. But, yeah, most of the – I would say most of Dave's press conference was – on the quarterbacks, which we which we pretty much covered, but he did like the defense, um, like the fact that, that they were able to respond after that first drive, giving up the score and uh, you know, see the interception. Last thing for Patrick Murphy, then we're going to bring in Steve Hellwagon. After two weeks, which is one sixth of the regular season, <laughs> football's crazy. One sixth of the regular season's in the books. Where are you at on this Ohio State team? I don't know, I, and that's. I, I tweeted at halftime that this feels like 2015 where not just because of the quarterbacks, but the, you know, there's just, it was a lot of struggles just to get to 28 points or, or whatever it was that they had in the first round against a team in Youngstown State that, you know, I think we all predicted they'd put 40, 50 points up on. Um, I like what the defense is doing. I really do. I think, you know, we'll, we'll learn more about them for sure coming up, but it's just, I, like, I think you got to go back here and just see what this offense can be with that guy. Um, you know, the, uh, Kyle McCord, if, if he is the guy, what does that offense look like? You know, right now you're going too much back and forth. I, 
I'm just not a fan of it, even though you're not playing both a lot. Um, they're both getting reps and practice and whatnot. And I just think to figure out what you're going to be, stick with the guy and, and see what works uh, for now. And, you know, if that means you lose a game in the process, then, you know, you made a, you made the wrong call and that's on, on the staff. Right. But yeah, I, I'm very torn about this team. I, I think they're very talented. Obviously there's, there's a lot of talent on this group, but in terms of like what their ceiling is, I feel like, yes, you're right. It is the sixth of the season, but I still feel like it's so early to, to make a decision on like what they could be because we haven't seen it against good competition yet. And even last year when, when they played Notre Dame, still felt like you know early on you're, you're still trying to sort out a lot of things so um i don't know i'm up in the air with what, what, what the team is ceiling probably is an absolute championship just given the talent but they haven't quite played up to that yet patrick murray thank you for your insights my friend i appreciate it sounds good talk to you later dave Now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.